Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Love on Up with Benjamin Banks, and the boys are back in town. The boys you got are bro- back in town. You got Rebellious D, and then you got Double OT Terrific Crab, guys. Mm-hmm. It is good for all of us to be back. Great Turkey War is approaching us. Are, are, you, are, you are y'all ready for the Great Turkey War? No, man. We even know what's it called. Well, I guess so. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, Trav. You got me thinking. You got a hey, Trav. Yeah, you got to think three steps ahead right, right now. <laughs> this dude, Trav, just like, hold on. What are you talking? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It is time for the Great Turkey War. Hey, look, but y'all know, off, I don't really care for turkey. Don't don't overstep Halloween, okay? Like, just slow down. Oh, Halloween's already passed, sir. Yeah, Halloween's already passed. See, D's been in the speed for so long. What, yeah, what year is it? It's true. You oh, know what's Lord. crazy? Somebody had made a video talking about um the injustice game, right? And remember, like they told Flash, they was just like, stop the Joker at all costs. Mm-hmm. And then the Joker, like it was going in slow motion when he was about to push the button. If you're the fastest man alive, like how were you not able to stop the Joker from pressing the button? I, I mean, it even happens on the Flash TV show where it's just like, well, how was yeah, he exactly able to stop that? that it's, it's interesting. He can only run. You know, any other time he'd run too fast. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Unless he needs to, I guess have, is what I'm trying to Have y'all seen Super Pets yet? No. So, no. bro, the, the whole thing is like the pets also get superpowers mm-hmm. from yeah. the shelter. But, and then of course their superpowers reflect actual superheroes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just kind of like the dog does. But the tortoise has Flash's ability to run real fast. And at the end, when, when like they all meet, they like are running together and he makes a comment that is like i never been able to move so slow with somebody before because you know when he runs fast everything's kind of in slow motion yeah and it just made me laugh dude i thought that i thought that was hilarious i think it is funny that the the flash is pet of the tortoise i think that's because i mean (laughs) you know it's you hear the story about the the tortoise tortoise and the the hair Yeah, uh-huh. the tortoise in the hair, but uh, but yeah, yo, we have a really good guest joining us as we march on into the Great Turkey War, and this is a very positive person. He's very nice. Mm-hmm. We met him several times at conventions and whatnot, and uh, you know, you've heard him in Digimon as Ty. You've heard him in Akira. See, I said Akira, but some people call it Akira. I don't know what you call it. I, I was calling it Akira until I was corrected and was told that it was called Akira, but uh, he voiced Tetsuo on Akira, and that is professional voice actor Joshua Seth. So before we give Joshua Seth a call, please make sure that you rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you follow us on Spotify. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts letting us know why you love us. And if you don't love us and you hate us, tell us why you hate us and tell us what we can do so that way you can love us again. Nobody hating us around here. Come on. I mean, you'll be surprised. But uh, with that being said, uh, here's a word from our sponsor. Golden Eat Tattoo. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth, Virginia for all your nerd-related tattoos. Leading the area, that is Miss Denise and her team. If you call over there and you mention leveling up banks, you get 10% off your tattoo. That number is going to be 757-465-1010. Call them today. Joining us today, we have a very special guest. This is somebody that we all grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. You've heard his voice on Digimon as Ty. You've heard him on Akira as, and I'm mad that I just 
forgot the name of Akira. D, what is the name of Akira? Akira? Tetsuo. You think it's oh, Tetsuo? Tetsuo. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, okay. yeah, he character. said Akira. It messed me well, up. Some people, well, some people <laughs> yeah. say You can Akira, edit this some... out and post. Go ahead. Start <laughs> over. It's your show, man. You get to do whatever you want. <sighs> You're calling the shots. <laughs> Okay. Now we we gotta leave that in so we can let people this this Akira Akira debate. Yeah, but I but yeah, like I've heard people say Akira, then I've I've never heard people say Akira. So that's why I started saying Akira because I thought I was saying it wrong when I was saying Akira. But joining us today is professional voice actor Joshua Stuff. Joshua, how are you doing today? (laughs) Thanks, guys. I'm doing great. How are all of you? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, I butchered the intro, but you know. That's what happens up here sometimes. It's because you brought the mug today. It threw it's, off the vibe. I, you, there's only up. We can only go up from here. That's right. That's it. That's, that's right. It. That's right. I like that. that. Set so. the bar low and then just keep leaping that's over it. That's it. That's why leveling up. You're going to yeah, keep leveling, leveling up. up exactly. the whole episode. Exactly. There you go. So, uh, Is that a real cat or is that one of those toy cats that looks oh, like a cat? No, that's a stuffed cat. It looks oh, yeah. like a, one of those animatronic cats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I built this guy in uh, 180 days. Wow. That's real <laughs> commitment there. And yeah, it is. Kind of strange. Right yeah. there in the basement with other beats. cat body parts. Uh-huh. It's funny, too. Um, we did uh, a review on the channel for Hocus Pocus 2, and that was the only time he doesn't come and jump in my lap when there's a cat. He knew what was up. I, I was like, I thought it was surprising. Does he doesn't know? like the competition. Nope. <laughs> Carry on, Banks. Yeah, but Trav, your tip of the day? Hey, man. Hey, the tip of the day is, man, uh, Superman's right wearing the glasses and people being confused because D showed up without his glasses. <laughs> I didn't know who it was. <laughs> so. Well said. Well said. Okay. All right. Well, well said. Yeah, let's, Good, let's go ahead and get into today's interview. So, uh, Mr. Seth, the first question that I ask each and every guest up here on Level Up with Benjamin Banks is, what is your origin story? Every hero or villain has one. So tell everybody who you are. My origin story, well, my origin story as a voice actor, it goes way back to when I was but a little child. And I don't, you know, I never know where to begin this because the origin story could end up taking up the whole episode. There's so many, (laughs) there's so many aspects to it. Nobody's ever really an overnight success. Uh, Typically, there's years of preparation that take place before the opportunities arise. And I was no different. Uh, When I was a kid, I was in musical theater, like professional equity touring Broadway play musical theaters, theater shows, like uh, eight shows a week, eight week Mm. runs, one after another. From the time I was eight to 18, that's what taught me to use my voice as an instrument, which gave me the ability to to manipulate it in ways that you're used to hearing in anime or anything else I would have voiced along the along the way. Uh, However, it never occurred to me to be a voice actor until I went to film school. I went to NYU Tisch School of the Arts in Mm. Manhattan. And I had a radio show there. WNYU, New York City, 50,000 watts going out to three states. And the reason that I had a radio show was because my dad was a radio psychologist. He was sort of like Frazier before Frazier. (laughs) Oh, wow. And I I grew up in a small town in Ohio. Uh, Our neighbors were cows in one direction and cornfields in another and horses in another. Like I didn't know anybody in Hollywood or the entertainment industry or anything like that. Uh, so when I went to the big city, New York City, uh, everything was weird, and <laughs> strange right. and unfamiliar, except the radio station. So I had that show. And then here's, okay, here's the moment in the origin story where everything changed. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> uh, my air conditioning broke. I was in a little studio apartment. I had a window air conditioner. It broke. 
And it just was so hot and muggy. I had to get out of there. I was looking for anywhere I could go for a couple hours and get air conditioning. And it turns out that place was an art house movie theater in Greenwich Village, which was playing Akira, the original Akira, mm. obviously. And my mind was blown because I'd never seen animation for adults. There right. was no anime in America at that time. And it was still years away. But I, I saw that. It was the old streamlined dub. And I came out thinking, I can do this, and I want to be involved in this, because when this hits U.S. shores, the style of animation that is for adults, or is, let's say is not just for kids, uh, it's, it's going to be huge. That was like, what, like um, maybe almost 30 years ago right. now. Because I'm old. So it was a long time before this stuff actually took off and became a part of popular culture as it is now. Anyway, I went back and I cut together a demo uh, from my radio show and I used it to get an agent out in Hollywood. And two weeks after I graduated, I'm, you know, I, I was living in Hollywood. I didn't have really anything to move or anyone to move <laughs> with. So it was pretty easy. Uh, but it took years before I was able to really catch on as a voice actor. I would do one role here, one role there. I did like one episode of Hey Arnold, one episode of Rugrats. What, you know, I did some background voices on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, things like right. this. Yeah. Uh, just li little one-off one-day gigs. And I was actually making my living as a magician. And then it took about seven years before Digimon hit. And as the star of the number one animated TV show on Saturday morning television, which it was, uh, I then had all kinds of opportunities and worked nonstop for about five or six years until I got burned out and uh, sold my house in L.A. and moved to the beach in Santa Barbara and just quit the business. And, <laughs> and now, 15 years later, I'm coming back. <laughs> He's it's back true. with a vengeance. I, right. Yeah, it's true. I, I, just, I just recorded my first non-Digimon anime role in 15 nice. years, like last week. And I, when I was prior to setting up for this interview, I'm, I'm putting the finishing touches on my voiceover recording booth, which is on the other side of this camera. I just ordered a nice Neumann 103 mic, and I'm going to start voicing stuff again because uh, I, I needed a break. I just didn't know it had to be 15 years long. But do, you know what, do you know what that last one was before you took that 15-year hiatus? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I have been voicing Digimon all along. Right. I did all the Digimon Try movies. Uh, I played Ty in those, and I played Ty in uh, Digimon Last Evolution Kazuna, which was 2020, which we were recording out in L.A. as the whole country was shutting down for COVID. And I probably should have just started recording remotely at that point, but it right. just didn't occur to me. <laughs> and and because uh, I live in Florida now, I don't live in LA, so I'm you know I'm out of the loop. I was only going back to do all the Digimon stuff because I feel like that's kind of my legacy in this right, business, yeah, yeah. and and for the fans and for my my kids. And uh, you know, I was I had many reasons for doing that, but I wasn't looking outside of Digimon. Anyway, to answer your question, the last non-Digimon anime that I had voiced, it was actually after I moved out of LA and moved up to Santa Barbara, a hundred miles up the coast. When I came back to voice Joe Shimamura in Cyborg Soldier 9, I was 009 in Cyborg Soldier 9. Right. And that was a special favor to the production team because they asked me to do it. I don't know if they knew I had moved yet or not. I think mm -hmm. they knew I moved, but they'd re they'd cast somebody else that the producers didn't like. There were two episodes in and asked if I could do a favor and come in and record these. And I said, yes, I didn't know it was going to be like 64 episodes. We're driving back and forth 100 miles each episode into L.A. traffic. Uh, but I did that, and it went on for months. And I, I'm really glad that I did because the, the 
the story, the artwork, the, right. it's really stood the test of time. Yeah. It's still very popular. And uh, yeah, so that was the last one I did. Yeah. And that's a classic anime that, uh, you know, I feel like it's, it's a classic, but it's underrated at the same time. Mm-hmm. As a lot of the classics a, are. I mean, you were talking yeah. about Akira or Akira. I mean, pronounce it however you want, but watch it. I'm always yeah. surprised how many people have not seen that's that That's surprising movie. to, to yeah. hear y'all say that it's something like Akira is underrated. I mean, I always thought it was a staple. It was one of the first ones that I got my hands on. I actually still own that on VHS, actually. Yeah. I keep it somewhere in my shed, just in the, you know, the classic uh, um clear little casing it's just out there you know what i'm saying I it's one of those things it. people will talk about but then when you get right down to it they didn't actually watch it yeah, they it's know crazy. the artwork they know they yeah. should mention it they know it's supposed to be like the best anime movie of all time but yeah. they a lot of them haven't actually watched it which is ridiculous because mm-hmm. it's on hulu you could watch yeah. it right after yeah. this yeah. Yeah. And, i mean it's got it, the you, the iconic bike slide bike that slide, you know jordan yeah. peele yeah. put in the note movie you know yeah, so, yeah. well it's it's funny that we're we're interviewing you because that bike slide somebody put together a compilation on i think it's on youtube of uh, every time that that's been redone yeah. in a different yeah. ship yeah. yeah it's crazy to think about it's that's been where used it's in live started. action movies too like travel yep. just mentioned that yep. uh, no and you know uh just to piggyback off of what you were saying mr stuff about like People, they know what it is, but they never seen it. And I know the guys, they're probably uh, going to get on me. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is one where it's like people, they see the meme. And it's the same thing with Akira. People see the memes and it's just like they know, okay, I know what that is. They know they've of never, it. Yeah, they've never seen it. And yeah. once they finally see it, it's just like, wow, like this thing is amazing. And I uh, remember it? it was like a couple of years ago that they said that it was finally getting a sequel. No, no, it was live action. That's what they keep saying that Warner Brothers is going to do live action. Yeah. But and I, I think uh, that live action truly happen. is going to happen eventually. Interesting. Just don't yeah. know when. Your guess is as good as mine. They've been talking yeah. about it for years. Mm-hmm. But the the fact that I was able to to actually voice that movie, the very movie that got me into wanting to be a voice actor, right. yeah. that was when I felt like my whole career had come full circle. And it's the only role that I didn't have to audition for or have a conversation. Really, it was just they they just put me down for it they were like okay johnny young bosch is gonna do kanada and joshua seth is gonna do tetsuo and let's go exactly it's it's just amazing that that is you know one of the the roles that you know mate you know got you into it it's insane to think about that's how the universe works. I was say, yes, we get that a lot up here of people yeah. getting back to their getting to come in and voice something from their childhood that kind of got them started on wanting to be a voice actor. For sure. It is. If you, if you re- look, I wrote a book, a high performance book. Like, if you want to be a high performer in any career, especially a creative career, mm-hmm. it starts with focus. Mm-hmm. What are you going to focus on? Start with the end in mind. And then you have to have the self discipline and you have to have the tools in your psyche to be able to maintain that focus until you achieve that objective. And I don't care if you're a professional wrestler or a voice actor or an animator or, or you know, what you know, want to be a leader, whatever it happens to be. I think that's the most important thing is being really clear on what is the outcome that you're going for and having the ability to maintain your focus until you achieve it. So I actually wrote a book on that. And for a while I was keynoting, mm-hmm. keynote speaking on that particular topic because i just think it's so important i wrote yeah. the book for my kids because you know if something happens to me that's got to be like their guidebook like what's right. the secret to success i really think that's it yeah so you know i'm glad that you just mentioned that because i wanted to bring that up next 
because it's like you're such a positive person. You know, I've met you in, in person twice now. And it's just like the energy that I get from you, even the energy I'm getting from you right now, it's always positive and it's it's pure good energy. So I wanted to know, like, what was it that led to you wanting to be a keynote speaker? First of all, I get that a lot that I've got this positive energy. Like, it's funny because I don't feel that inside at all. <laughs> I don't know. It's how people respond to me, which is great, I guess. But like, I'm just, I don't know, I'm a Jew. So I'm like, I'm hardwired mm -hmm. to be uh, on the lookout for <laughs> problems and things that are, you know, a threat or whatever. There's, there's a, just something culturally in me. I know that's what it is because I, remember my grandparents, my great grandparents. I remember like, I just, it's a feeling. It's some sort of a right. feeling that's in me. And I guess what it manifests itself as is intensity really. Um, but that's not necessarily what's going on inside my head, but what's coming out is my intention to, to benefit, to be of some benefit to the, to the people and places that I come in contact with. Like, I, like it's just a sort of a life philosophy of mine that you know, if somebody comes in I'm like you guys are in my life for the next few minutes here, I want to be of some benefit to you. I want you to have mm -hmm. to be better for having met me. Uh, that's I carry that through every interaction. Uh, so I guess that's why it manifests that way. Why did I want to mm -hmm. keynote speak? Because well, when I so the reason that I burned out it gets to, back to that on voice acting. First of all, I was doing two shows a day, five days a week, plus auditions. And back then there was no remote recording. So I was driving all over Los right. Angeles to do it all day. And then pretty much every night I was performing as a professional mentalist, which mm -hmm. is a type of magician, like oh, yeah. magic of the mind. You've seen the videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, at Hollywood parties in the Hollywood Hills, in, in Vegas on the weekends, at corporate events, uh, for, at the place called the Magic Castle uh, in, in Hollywood with no break for like five or six years. So I, I had to make a decision to do one or the other. And I decided to tour because I wanted a chance to see the world. And, and I did, I toured to over 40 countries. And along the way, I would have these conversations oftentimes after the show at meet and greets and things. And I'd start to talk the way that we're talking now. And certain themes would come up and philosophies and, and ideas that I had that I want, wanted to share with others. And, and my, my sort of key points evolved out of those conversations that I would have with people after my shows. And then at colleges, I, I performed at over 400 colleges. I still do. I did a, a dozen of them last month. And sometimes they would actually bring me in to speak to the students, like just sort of like a, like success lecture kind of a thing. Uh, I I've changed the topic many times over the years. At one point it was kind of motivational. Then it became about, focus and the topic of the book. Uh, then it became about creativity, how to lead a creative life, how to create something out of nothing, whether it's a career or, or some artistic work. Uh, then it became about how to use your voice. That's the one I've been doing recently. How, how to train your voice to be more powerful so that people will listen when you speak, so people will follow when you lead, these sorts of things. Because I definitely did train my voice initially through singing and then through a lot of other strategies. And I shortcut what took me years to learn in a one hour keynote for people. Now, that's just wanting to share what I know really mm -hmm. with others. Mm. Now, Mr. Mr. Seth, I wanted to ask you something. Speaking of success, if you could give two tips to any, you know, any person in general, regardless of age, looking to get into voice acting, what would it be? Specifically looking to get into voice acting. Or well, acting. 
know. Yeah, no voice. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about what I know, which is voice acting. Sure. Yeah, there you uh, go. You know, the business has changed a lot, and I'm learning about it now as I'm as I'm starting to get back mm -hmm. in, into it myself. It's a lot different than when I was doing it originally, like 20 years ago. Yeah. Partly, the barrier to entry is much lower. It's much easier to get started because you can make a demo on your phone for free. It cost me $10,000 in the 90s, in the late 90s, I put it on credit cards to make a demo mm -hmm. because I had to rent an actual recording studio and pay for a, an engineer's time. And I had to get the scripts and I had to then have that copied onto physical cassette tape. And there was a minimum you know, whatever, a hundred or a thousand tapes or whatever it was. Right. And then I had to have artwork done up and printed, and then I had mm -hmm. to either mail them or physically deliver them. We couldn't put them on the internet. Didn't, didn't exist in its current form. There was no yeah. YouTube. There was no social media. None of that. It was much harder to get started. That's why a lot of these old school voice actors that, you know, you've heard about for years and have been in hundreds of shows. Yeah. That's why we all know each other because yeah. there weren't that many of us doing it on a high level, on a professional level. And we were only doing, it was only New York and LA. Right. The Dallas group came much later. Mm -hmm. And most of the animation and anime work was, was in Los Angeles. Most of it specifically in Burbank, where I lived. So, so let's contrast that with now, and then I'll give you tips. Now, you can do it from anywhere. Like I said, I'm building a recording booth. I, it's, I'm looking at it right now on the other side of my camera. It cost me $300. I made it out of sound blankets and PVC pipe. Mm -hmm. It'll be hot as hell on long mm -hmm. recording sessions. But once I'm back and doing this and you know making an income at it, I'll take some of that and invest in a real booth that has the ability to have air conditioning come in. That's the only <laughs> thing I, 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 I will miss having. Uh, you can get start, you can get a mic like this. This is a very nice mic. I'm, it's not the one I'm gonna use for voiceover, but this is an SM7B, it's $400. That might seem like a lot of money. I, I can hear people out there, $400, I don't have $400. You know what? If you're serious about this as a career, then you will invest in yourself. If you're not serious about it, then you will make excuses. Mm -hmm. I, I physically moved across the country. I was a kid. I was 21 years old. I had no money. I'd put things on credit cards. I, I you know, I don't recommend, I'm not advocating for people going into debt, right. but that's what I did. Yeah. You know, and I never gave up. You know, so, okay, so here's the tip. So wait, let, let me get, let me finish this concept first. <laughs> so my my first pre point is it's much easier to get started now. Much easier. I don't mean a little bit easier. I mean it's light years different. I had yeah. to uproot my entire life, physically move to where the studios were, physically go out and meet people, physically make physical tapes, physically hand them to people. You can do everything online from anywhere, anywhere you have internet pretty much anywhere in the world. So that part's much easier. What's harder? To make six figures doing it. Right. It's, you know, it, it's harder to make a good living doing it precisely because there are so many more people that are able to do it. So now, my tips. One, choose your track. Decide exactly what you want to do and, and who you want to be in that area. You know, do you want to do commercial? Do you want to do promos? Do you want to do audiobooks? Do you want to do animation, original animation or anime? Or do you want to do explainer videos, e-learning? What do you want? Pick something. Well, I want to do everything. Well, that comes later. First comes one thing. Pick focus again, right? Pick one thing that you want to specialize in and know who you are in that area. You know, I'm a young heroic voice for anime. Boom, you know, 
Like, mm-hmm. that's my thing. Later mm-hmm. came other stuff. Uh, yeah, later, I did hundreds of commercials and thousands of promos. I was the promo guy for Kids WB and then for, yep. uh, for Fox Kids, you know, next on Fox Kids Saturday mornings. And then, and then for all the shows on Kids WB, you know, um, I even did Pokemon on an all new Pokemon next on the next on the Batman on Jackie Chan Adventures, all those things, mm-hmm. right? That came later. Yeah. Choose one thing that you want to go for. And then tip number two is be tenacious. Mm-hmm. don't give up Got i it. told you it took me seven years mm-hmm. i didn't know it was going to take me seven years i didn't care how long it took me there was no plan b i was just going to do that okay you i, I had my, i had income coming in as a magician you have to right. live but i never <laughs> yeah. stopped auditioning right yeah and that's some pretty solid advice i know we've interviewed a lot of voice actors that you know they have similar stories where it's just like they left from wherever they lived at and then they moved to L.A. And then we hear the stories of it took them years. Like mm-hmm. we just interviewed Layla Burzens and she was telling us like it took her several years to finally get to where she's at now. And like now she's doing like all of these cartoons, video games, anime. So I agree 100 percent with you where you say don't give up. And, you know, I'm one of those type of people that always says as well. It's just like just because something isn't going your way right now, that doesn't mean that it's going to keep going that way forever you have to keep on grinding you have to keep hustling and uh you have to stay um optimistic, optimistic. Yep. yeah you got to say well, you at least have to believe in yourself yeah i, yeah. I don't want to paint a false picture and act like i'm all, always optimistic or anything but it, when i'm not there's a purpose to it i'm problem solving mm-hmm. which we all have to go through you know it's kind of part of being an adult especially um I mean, it's great advice. You know, you have to keep going to get to where you want to get to. You stop your feet, you'll never get there. Mm. I mean, plain and simple. Well, so my other thing is I want to go back to the mentalist stuff because I've always been attracted to magicians and people that give you the illusion that, you know, that they're reading your mind or they can predict what you're going to think before you can even think of it. How is that something? Did you grow up with the magic tapes? You know, pop in the VHS, start learning stuff. How? Because it's such a niche thing to get into, just like voice acting, you know, when you got into voice acting. So kind of, you know, take us in that journey of being the mentalist. Yeah, I, I actually didn't start with that. Again, it was my dad. He was a radio psychologist, as I'd mentioned. His specialty was hypnosis. And mm-hmm. I learned self-hypnosis for the purposes of super learning. That's what it was called, super learning. I, in fact, I did a four-year program at NYU with a double major, graduated with honors in two years. And it was because of self-hypnosis techniques. And I, I started using hypnosis on myself and then created a show out of the hypnosis. And then I branched, I needed a second show and created the mentalism show out of that. But the hypnosis show actually came before the mentalism show. And it was based in, in my understanding of psychology. I'm a certified hypnotherapist. I actually wrote my first, I've written three books. The first book was on weight loss hypnosis. And that was because I was doing I was headlining shows on cruise ships all over the world. Mm-hmm. So I'd do a lecture. On, I told you I had a bunch of different keynote mm-hmm. topics over the years. Uh, I would do a lecture on how to use self-hypnosis for personal improvement. But it was a great show. It was very funny. It just didn't feel creatively stimulating to me after a while because there's a formula to a hypnosis show. And there's not a lot of uh, deviation or evolution of the show once you got it down. And once you do it hundreds and hundreds of times, if you're a creative person, you want you want some 
challenge. Right. So I created a second show, which was the mentalism show, which is what I do now. And the mentalism show is also based in some hypnotic principles of influence and persuasion and body language reading, reading people, that sort of thing. But there's also some magic principles of subterfuge and misdirection, things like that as well. And showmanship, and you combine all these things in it. It just, it's, I, it's my favorite type of show to do, a mentalism show, because you get a thousand people in an audience enraptured for an hour on the edge of their seats, laughing or amazed in turns and on their feet at the end and with nothing, just standing on a bare stage in a spotlight with force of personality and some special skills. And I, I much prefer that kind of a show than one of these like Broadway musicals now that are basically a movie on stage. Mm -hmm. Like I saw the, I saw the Harry Potter, the Harry Potter, uh, Deathly Hollows. Yeah. Broadway show. And mostly I didn't like it. Like I, I respected what they were able to accomplish, but if I want to see a movie, I'll go see a movie. And mostly what that show had going for it was that it was a, a live action movie on a stage. Now it's remarkable what they were able to pull off. I, I'd rather see something like, you probably won't know this reference, but uh, Eric Bogosian who did the movie talk radio. He also did some one man plays where he played a bunch of characters. And I saw him when I was in college and it was also inspiring to me because each scene, he was a different character in it. And, and you got into the storytelling and you believed it. And it was just him on the stage or this guy who later committed suicide named Spalding Gray, who did a one man show that I saw at Lincoln Center called Swimming to Cambodia, which also became a movie. It's just him sitting at a desk telling a story. And, and Is that the one that Adam Driver audience. played? Did he? In what movie? Um, it came out last year. It starts with an A, but he played a guy that had a one-man show and then eventually ended up committing suicide on a boat. I don't know. Okay. Somebody look that up. There's three of I'm you. looking it up right Let's now. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> you said it started with my, a my, a. Point, my point is the reason I love to do it is because I'm, I'm creating a, a, an hour-long show out of nothing. Right. <laughs> nothing. And, and, and inspiring and emotionally moving an audience without all the trappings of lighting and music and dancers and sets and all this other stuff, which is, it should be secondary to the experience of the theater. I mean, I'm, I'm a theater kid. So that's why, that, and that's the other reason that I left voiceover for so long was I, I missed the interaction of the audiences. Yeah. Although now I'm doing all these Comic cons and anime right. cons every other weekend, twice a month is what I I'm, I set my limit because I I don't want to go every weekend. Mm -hmm. I do have kids and I need to be around, but every other weekend for the last five six months I've been going out and doing anime cons, and I'm getting a bit of that feeling, especially in the Q and A's and getting to interact with people live. So if I really head back into voiceovers in a big way, I will at least be able to satisfy my need for human interaction and connection. Mm -hmm through these anime conventions because that also that industry was not mature when I left. Right. There were a few here and there, yeah. but it wasn't like now where there are multiple conventions every weekend of the yeah, year all crazy. over the place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There were only the real big ones, which I had done like the, the San Diego comic-con or, or Armageddon in, in Australia, these kind of ones where there's like a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Fan X that I just did uh, two weeks ago. I think they had about a hundred thousand people. Those were the only ones that I had ever gone to before, but now there's all kinds of conventions and you can go out and, and meet the fans and, and interact with people, you know, every weekend if you want. Yeah.
That's true. And uh, I just wanted to say that the movie, Travis, is Annette. Annette, is thank what, you. I knew it started with an A. I just could not remember because it also has Michelle Williams in okay. it. It's called Annette? Annette. Annette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. But that could just be a straight fictional story. You know, it just made me think of that Adam Driver maybe it's, movie. Yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's based on on him. I, I don't know. Maybe. Somebody will look it up. <laughs> so, Mr. Seth, I wanted to ask you, since you just mentioned cons, uh, what have been some of your favorite moments from going to cons over the years? Have any interesting stories? No. <laughs> There's an answer for you. You know, I they all blend into each other, and I can't remember one from another except for the restaurants, and then hanging out with the voice actors at the restaurants afterwards. Really, that's always really nice. I'll tell you what. I'll, here's a serious answer. I it was me and Dan Green, and I think maybe uh, Wayne Grayson, and a couple. Maybe it might have been. Um, Who's the the woman that voiced uh, Pokemon Ash? The new uh, one or Taylor? the old one, the original one? Oh, the Veronica original one. Taylor. Yeah, yeah Veronica Taylor. Yeah. I know we were all at this show together what in a New group Zealand. Of people. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like I, I I might not have the exact right group, right. but we were all there. So a bunch of us stayed an extra week in New Zealand, and we filmed a reality TV show. <laughs> I don't know what it was called. I never I never got to see it because again, it was before YouTube. I wish I could see if anybody ever finds it, please send it to me. But it was the American superheroes against the Kiwi kids. And so we did the convention for like, we were there for almost a week doing the convention. And then we were there for another week filming the reality TV show. And every day there was an ad- a different adventure. So like one day we had to go zorbing down a mountain. You know what a zorb <laughs> is? It's one of these big clear balls yeah. partially filled with water. And they don't give us a heads up or tell us anything. They're just climbing this thing and, you know, see if you can beat the kids. Of course, they kind of, it's reality TV, so therefore it's fake. So they always stage it so the kids are going to beat us. <laughs> and then somebody get knocked out each time. But that was one day we had to go bungee jumping mm. over a bridge, over, over a river at where I think it was A.J. Hackett invented bungee jumping. Mm-hmm. It was some sort of a background package about this is where bungee jumping was invented. And they brought a camera up with us on this crane above a bridge. And it's windy. And I'm looking down at trees and boulders that look like pebbles. And I don't want to do it. Yeah. And and Dan Green's like, you know, yahoo, boom. And Yu-Gi-Oh there, he's done. Yeah. He looks like he's a strong man. And then me, I don't want to do it. And I know if I don't, they're just going to use these as outtake bloopers to right. you know, make me look like an idiot so i did it anyway and it felt like i was uh committing suicide and i will never do it again of that kind of stuff we we sheared sheep at the agrodome we went uh spelunking we saw penguins i'm pretty sure on a beach i can't remember what that had to do with anything but anyway that was a grand adventure some cool people so I do though want to dive in, you know, because you did bring up the keynote thing, and I just want to say this last thing real quick. You do a lot of the self help stuff, and I know you've talked about it before, but you, you know, you also got the self help kind of podcast thing. I know you got the voiceover intro that D asked you about, you know, some tips into getting in the voiceover. And when Banks says that, you know, you just got this positive energy, I what is it about just helping people? that like really continues to drive you i think everybody needs some sort of a spiritual philosophy it's good to define it i'm not religious and so i created it for myself 
you know, like there's only three, I, I was a, a double major in film, film TV and radio. Uh, today it would be film TV and podcasting and, uh, <laughs> and philosophy. And there's only three big questions in philosophy and that are addressed by all the world's religions. Who am I? Where am I going? Why am I here? So I just decided to answer it for myself and it's to benefit the people that I come in contact with and leave each place that I inhabit better and, you know, to, to improve whatever I come in contact with. And of course that reflects back on yourself and then hopefully you evolve as a, a, a being of energy, you know, like, I don't want to get yeah. too, you know, metaphysical about this, but, but it's just a life philosophy that, you know, we're all walking, talking energy fields, all this like physical stuff is all surface. It's just imaginary. It, you know, what, what we are essentially inside is energy and Einstein, you know, would agree with mm -hmm. that as well. So, you know, how do we, how do we make our energy more pronounced, uh, more, um, bright as it were? Uh, I think it's by giving it away because that, that's what love is. You know, it's giving, giving of yourself. Like, so it's just a, a life philosophy for what it's worth. And I think that's something that more people should know about you. It's, it's not just the famous voice actor, you know, Joshua yeah. Seth. It's, well, you know, yeah, that's just one eighth of who I am. You know, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a mentalist. I'm all these things. And, you know, I'm here to present me to you and talk. We all are though, right? right? We all have different facets of ourselves mm -hmm. and we just determine True. what are, what, what how, how are we going to turn that diamond to show the, the, the facet that we want to be reflected in the eyes of others. And then usually hide the flaws. But I think part of being uh, an effective actor is to not hide the flaws, mm. to also expose those because that has to do with truth and, and 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 uh, uh, being being um, open, really open-hearted, and that that comes through in the reads. And the acting is more than just reacting. I know that's popular. Acting is reacting, partly, but it, it's also about finding connect, a connection to the character and what the character wants, and and being honest in your emotional representation of that. And that's much easier to do in. And in a fictitious situation, if you're accustomed to doing that in life, mm -hmm. owning up to your mistakes, you know, exposing your flaws, showing you know, that you are, are are an imperfect person, you know, on a on a journey to to becoming more than you are currently, as opposed to pretending that I'm some sort of like famous influencer that's got my shit together. Nobody <laughs> really does. Mm -hmm. Nobody really does. And people who pretend that they are, well, those are the people that become like cult leaders and politicians and stuff. <laughs> call um, leaders they're full of it and then <laughs> see through that better the more they come in contact with people that are actually just more honest about the human condition and that we all put our pants on you know one leg at a time and you know we're, we're all somebody's son or daughter and we're you know all we all want to be loved and we all want to mm -hmm. be appreciated and accepted and we all want to uh, do something i think we all want to maybe do something meaningful right. with yeah. our lives you know everybody has that in common just evinces itself in its own ways and when it doesn't and, and people are then perceived as being selfish ass uh it's it's just because they're afraid of being exposed for who they really are because they're trying to hide that instead of just showing the music All right yeah they're just trying to hide those parts of themselves. I have a question, and then D, I'll pass the ball to you. All right. So something that we've heard from former guests up here is, um, 
you know, voice actors that they grew up watching on TV that inspired them to get into voice acting. So I want to ask you, have you ever met any other voice actors that told you that you were the reason why they wanted to become a voice actor? I've had a lot of people come up to me over the years and not just actors, but also directors, writers, engineers, you know, and say that I was part of that for them. None are coming to my mind right now since you just asked me, but I've had that experience many, yeah, many times. Uh, and also people that haven't made it, you know, in any sort of official sense, but are still on the path. And I think that's probably because I was, I was in that first generation of voice actors that wasn't just making funny voices, mm -hmm. but was putting acting into it. Right. That's one of the things I didn't like about the original Akira dub was, yeah, we did kind of like this, you know, yeah. yeah. It was, they weren't, they weren't treating it as <laughs> though they were doing a table read for a play. They were trying to, they were, they were trying to, to put a certain sound on it. Yeah, right. And the reason is bef before around the year 2000 ish, uh, that's how animation was because it was for kids. So everything was really overwrought and really big. Yeah. And there wasn't that, that feeling of emotional honesty or connection to character until like, you know, I came along and other people and, you know, my generation of, of voice acting were starting to do that. And now you watch stuff like Demon Slayer. And it's like, oh, well, it's like, it's, it's really emotionally gripping partly because of the storytelling and the animation has evolved. But also the acting is is excellent, mm -hmm. and it's it's you're not trying to you know you're not trying to you know make a funny voice or anything like that. You're just you're actually getting into acting. Yeah, you're actually trying yeah, to get in, into the character through your voice. And so during the pandemic, I ran all these Zoom voice acting classes every month because I, I was stuck here. Another reason I probably should have figured out oh I should put together a remote remote recording studio, <laughs> but I was I was so busy doing uh, virtual shows, virtual magic and mentalism shows. I didn't even think about voice acting, but I was running these Zoom classes and I also put together a 30-day voice training program. And what I said, said in the, the voice training program is still available on my website, but the Zoom classes I had to stop. But what I always say leading into these programs is voice acting is acting. And you might say, duh, it's there in the name. Yeah, but it's skipped. Everybody wants to know, how do I make a demo? How do I get booked? How do I get an agent? You know, like, wait a second, strip all that away. How do you actually do a good job mm -hmm. first? Because nobody's going to hire you or sign you until you can consistently do a good job. Not just every once in a while, not just for a few seconds on a demo, but hour after hour, just knock it out of the park because you have your fundamentals down strong in terms of your ability to break down a character, your ability to use your voice in a way that conveys emotion, your, you know, your, your ability to marry the instrument that is your voice with what it is that the script is calling for from that character. And that's the, the acting part that so many people just don't give any consideration to. They think, well, I have an interesting voice or I can talk. Do you read out loud every day? I do and have for years. There's things that you can do to train yourself just like any other field. Yeah, I was... I always love when I hear somebody say uh, read out loud because this, we interviewed Ken Forey and ever since he came up here and he said that, like, I want to say he was the first person to say that yeah, up he here. And it's just it. like, we've heard it like ever since then, like other voice actors saying, yeah, you read out loud and it helps you practice and get better when it comes to voice acting. My daughter's nine years old and wants to take acting classes. And I tell her, no, most acting classes are BS and they'll make you worse. Here's what you do. 
singing lessons and read out loud to me instead of me reading you a bedtime story. You read to me and in you actually put some emotion into it and voice the different characters in the way that you think they would sound and do that. And she's actually pretty good uh, for, for a nine year old, quite good. But the, it, it starts there. The, I mean, it yeah. starts with those fundamentals, knowing how to use your voice and knowing how to bring a script to life. And y you'll notice today's voice actors, a lot of them are known for their character because their character is them. And that's why they're casted. And like you said, mm -hmm. they're not trying to do these weird voices. They're just them into the character. That, and then that's, that's why what I'll always be known as Ty, because Ty right. is just me. Yeah. You know, when, Ty's when Ty's young, Ty in Digimon, he sounds you know like me, Pitched up a little bit. Yeah. In Digimon Try, he basically sounds like me. And in, in uh, Last Evolution Kazuna, I just opened up my throat a little bit and I brought it down in my chest area and sound a little bit more mature and slowed down a little bit, but it's still me. Yeah. So we're here at the end of the interview right. and uh, D, he always has his famous wrap up questions that he likes to ask. So D, yep, or yep. yours. Did you want to ask your. Uh... Great pumpkin question first, or what? Do you mean the Great Turkey War? I mean, I mean, if if you're passing it back to me, sure, uh, Mr. Seth. Go so the Great it. Turkey War is coming up, and I got to ask you, what is one of your favorite dishes that you love to have during the Great Turkey? Are we talking? Are we speaking of Thanksgiving? <laughs> yes, <laughs> an anime language though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great Turkey. Yeah, war. Uh, pecan pie. <clears throat> really yeah. good pecan pie. That's a good answer. Yeah. That is a good answer. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, so <laughs> um, for you, favorite 80s or 90s movie growing up, or now, I mean, a current movie, favorite 80s or 90s movie, or both if you have one of each. That's question one. Does The Matrix count as a 90s movie? When did The yeah, Matrix? Yeah, 99. 99. Yeah. Okay. thought so. Yep. Okay. Oh, The Matrix. Yeah, that's like my favorite movie. And another movie that references Akira. Uh, mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves was interviewed recently at San Diego Comic-Con and asked how he prepared for Neo. And he said the Wachowskis asked him to watch Akira. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, as a mentalist, I love it. As a voice actor from Akira, I love it. And I just love it as a movie mm -hmm. as well. So I'm sticking with that. The original yeah. Matrix movie. Love that. Hell yeah. And second question, growing up, was there anything that spooked you, scared you, and stayed with you? Yeah. Whether it was a big, lullaby. Oh, go for it. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. So <laughs> I grew up yeah. I grew up in a small town in Ohio. It was a college town, Kent, Ohio. Mm -hmm. at, but where Kent State is. Uh, but where I actually grew up was on the outskirts in like farmland, surrounded by tall trees and cornfields and farm animals. And uh the there were these tall pine trees outside of my window on the second floor. And there was a movie back then would have been in like, I guess the late seventies that came out about, I think it was probably called Sasquatch and it was about Bigfoot sightings. And ever since I saw that movie at dusk, I would look out my bedroom window and I'd swear I would see the, like glimpses of Bigfoot in hiding in the trees, walking through the trees. It was the wind of course, right? And right, shadows right. freaked me out. Yeah. For a long time. Sightings these days. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> is that something you still believe in? I never believed in it. Oh, I was a okay. kid. <laughs> I mean, some people. Oh, well, there, a there's a lot it's of Sasquatch a, documentaries out there where yeah, people no. will be like, yeah, Sasquatch I've is real. Yes, we we call it. those people crazy. There's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Sasquatch. Actually, they, you know what? What Sasquatch is? It was a magician who, who was doing a prank 
uh you know, i'm gonna look that up here you talk amongst yourselves for a minute uh well, I, well, I, I can't remember the name of the famous video that i think you're talking about where it's the yeah that that video yeah that video and it's still the only video like it's still like the best video of sasquatch in 50 years they still don't here, here it is video. philip morris yeah he was a he was a magician magicians know the philip morris company they do costumes and and party tricks and things like that. Mm. Uh, in 1967, Philip Morris of Charlotte got a call from a guy in California asking if he could buy a gorilla costume. And Morris, a magician, this is the Bigfoot story. If just look up Bigfoot magician prank, mm. there's a whole bunch of articles on, on how that was a prank. And so many ESP things and paranormal things, they're actually just pranks like that. There's a mentalist, Banachek, who fooled all these scientists back decades ago. I think it was the Alpha experiment or Alpha 5 or something. He fooled them that he could read ESP cards or perform telekinesis. He was using magic tricks and they just... I know what they, you're talking about. They wanted to believe. They want to, yeah, People that's... want to believe in this kind of stuff. And and they do. You know, you can't... Once, once they have affixed their mind to one of these things, you can't shake them out that's of true. it with facts they want to believe and they start mm -hmm. to identify with it no i didn't believe i was just some uh, kid <laughs> who was scared by seeing a movie too young and shadows for that matter i saw the shining way too young i don't know why my parents let me watch the shining <laughs> when i was like 10 years old or something i, I questioned some of the choices my parents made on what they allowed me to watch too <laughs> yeah. so. you know back, but back then uh just parents were less involved mm, and now yeah. my parents were great parents very loving very supportive you know, my mom took me to these equity musical theater shows eight times a week when I was way too young to drive, starting when I was eight years old, not taking anything away from them, but parenting was different back then. And they would just let you ride bikes until dark. Like yeah. you really did. We just ride bikes till dark. They have no way of knowing where we were. That's we didn't true. have iPhones or anything like that. They didn't worry about it. Say we're going to the movie, they'd say, okay, come back, you know, by dark, or we're staying at a friend's house, okay. Just, it's actually, it's just like in Stranger Things, where they just ride bikes, and Next, yeah, I guess they're at somebody day. else's house. It really yeah. was like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, yeah, because I mean, like, growing up, it was just like, you had to be home before the street lights came on, and right. even, even if my, my grandma knew that I was over at somebody's house, like, I'll always remember the time, uh, it was a new Nintendo 64 game that had just come out, and I was over at my friend's house. It got super late. And my grandma came over. And the house was full of pizza uh, people. Uh, their mom, they ordered pizza and whatnot. My grandma came to the door. And she smacked me in front of everybody. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. And, like, that was the talk of the neighborhood. It was just like, yeah. Hanks got smacked by his grandma because he was over at the house. And I'm like, oh, my God. Because you were out too late? Yeah. it was. I want to say it was about, it was about yeah. like, 8, 9 o'clock. But contrast that now. All the kids have phones or watches yep. with trackers on them i know where my yep. kids are all the time yeah and i feel like i have to because the world is different now Absolutely. that's true that is true that's that's true. and it's unfortunate for them because we learned resilience and we learned survival skills you know that's true like mm -hmm. yep. I, like we 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 gotten scrapes and we got lost and mm -hmm. we you know little street fights or little you know altercations or whatever I, you know i had everybody we all had bad things happened to us we yeah. survived we became stronger as a result yep how are my kids gonna get, get stronger they're, they're so well taken care of at some point that <laughs> safety net will fail and they won't know what to do you know yeah. i know how to survive with the lights off and with no technology 
you know, I know how sure. to like eat when there's supposedly no food in the house. Right, I can survive. Right. I can, <laughs> well, I'm part of that Gen X. That's what that Gen X beans. generation is, where we can survive. We're used to just being on our own and make a do with whatever. And we can be happy, you know, with whatever. Well, to, like a superpower. Um, the only answer I can really give to, you know, your statement just now, Mr. Seth, is that parenting is ultra important now. You know, how else would they learn if not from us? It's true. You know, That's I have true. two of my TikTok. Own. They would learn from TikTok. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, and it, since we're, we're talking about parenting, I mean, I, it comes down to like how you were raised, because it's just like if mm-hmm. you had good parents and then. You know, now you have kids. This is like you're going to even though times have changed, it's like you're going to still, you know, instill what you were taught onto your kids. And hopefully they'll continue doing it when they have kids. But, you know, if you there grow is up something in a, to do that, I mean, there are books and there are other ways to learn. But in, in times of stress, we do tend to revert back to what we experienced and know <laughs> intrinsically from our own experience mm-hmm. ourselves. Uh, and that's why it's important when you uh, pick a, a spouse or someone to raise children with, let's say, uh, that they have a good relationship with their parents. <laughs> I never even thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to have contrasting parenting styles. You know, yeah. if, if, you, if, if, if they were spanked as a disciplinary actionist, a kid, and, and you had, you know, to have a conversation about your choices, then that's going to events itself as different parenting styles and it'll create a lot of strife in, in that adult relationship too. Right. See, we ain't just up here talking about voice acting. Yeah. Right. And like, that's what Life level Benjamin Banks is. Like we have conversations. <laughs> like, can you imagine if we spent a whole hour just talking about Digimon? You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, we could have, but <laughs> we love to have conversations like this up here. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Digimon gave me a platform and gave me a fan base and everything. And, uh, just keep evolving past that. And That's the jump I, off point. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Kid, kids are the ultimate evolution. And since we're at the end, let me circle back to my podcast because I've taken a little break for the last month, let's say, since I knew that I, what happened was I, I was asked by a studio that puts out a lot of anime if I would play this recurring character. And I said, I'd love to, but I don't have a studio here. Uh, and they said, we will rent a studio for you but I know they're not going to keep renting me a studio. They had to have their own studio running with their own engineer and the one they rented for me and that engineer. And we did that and we recorded several episodes, but I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. Then if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm putting this, this uh, studio together here so I can remote record from home. And in the meantime, I stopped doing my podcast because I thought, well, it needs to be about something different now. It needs to be about what I am interested in learning from my fellow voice actors and people that are in the business on my own journey since it's starting up again. But it's weird because in the way I have that beginner's mind, you know, I want to know things like tell me things like I'm five years old, right? Cause I've yeah. been out of it so long. On the other hand, I did it for so long. That's part of who I am. And so I'm, you know, I may not know how things work today, but I know how to do it. Does that make sense? No, yeah. absolutely. Perfect. So, yeah, so I'm going to rebrand and rename that podcast soon. And it's really going to be conversations with like voiceover friends of mine or people from the business from that you would know from shows decades ago and how they made that transition from how things used to work in voiceovers to how it's how the industry is being now. And also like fresh faces and new new people that never knew what we went through right. and 
and came into it just in the last few years while everything's being done remote and there's all these new shows going on and all these new opportunities and what are those opportunities and how do you do it and you know what are the what are the common threads and what are the new ones and so i'm not quite sure what i'm going to show call the new show but it'll be uh it'll be some interesting conversations that you won't hear anywhere else because it's just me asking questions that I want to know the answers to. And hopefully other people find some benefit from as well. Yeah. You got a listener right here. I'm, I'm already uh, in. I know it sounds cool, man. So, you know, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you at and where they'll be able to listen to that podcast at once you start it back up. You know, the easiest way to find everything, including I've got a, a free voice acting class. It was the intro class that I used to do on Zoom. I just made it free on my website uh, and my book and my shows and I mean everything. The way you can fi- find anything is to follow me on any social media. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all of it. Uh, and then click the, the link tree. The link tree in the bio has everything linked to the podcast, Link to the voiceover class, link to everything mm-hmm. on the link tree on your Absolutely. favorite social media platform. Just look for Joshua Seth. <laughs> and make sure it's somebody with a lot of followers. These damn people that they, these trolls, bots, I don't know what you call them, but people that, that impersonate us drive yeah. me crazy because they, there's, there was at least three of them. I was running a contest on TikTok recently and I was giving away a signed photograph, signed right. eight by 10 or something. Yeah. And it, it has you know tens of thousands of views and thousands of people commenting. So of course now there's three accounts at that point that have seemingly my name and my picture, but if you click through, they have zero followers. Mm-hmm. And and they they're spamming the comments saying, "Oh, you won! Click here, click here to claim your prize." Uh, people fall for it, and TikTok people won't take them down. That. Yeah, so just be careful and just don't don't think that I have zero followers. Okay, <laughs> if it has zero followers, it's not me. Yeah, please it, be it, careful it reminds, out there in the internet. It reminds me of like the people that fall for uh, the Tyler Perry post on Facebook, oh, yeah. where it, I'm where giving it's just out a thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm giving out a thousand dollars. Share this. Of course, post that's not real. It's like, come on, you really think Tyler Perry is just like, yeah, share this. It's just some it's of these crazy. people are kids though, and that's then they true. get their phones hacked. Yeah, that's why I, I like to mention that always. Now, whenever you're following me or anybody at any level of fame. You know, make sure that they have thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah. If they have no followers with that name, it's a spam account. Uh-huh, that's right. And that's they my are. public service message. <laughs> the more you know. Hey, uh, I, yeah. I love how we got a tip of the day at the end of the interview. So, guys, guys I did it. Hey, I did it. <laughs> what would you do? I said, guys, and uh, it's just I, like, I, I got know. it in before. Hey, D, let <laughs> the no, train know. Yeah, no. Thanks. Was, if y'all were, hey, if this was a Western trial, would have left you in the dirt. Hey, tri- oh, Ooh, that is not so true. Hey, hey look, look, you got to, you got to look at the photo finish. And it's just like, it looked <laughs> okay. like, look, try, look, try, try was like this, but then no. you just see me I like this. I'm looking like Russell Wilson out there on the football field <laughs> spinning around. No, sir. No, sir. But no, man, another good interview. And I'm happy that we finally got a chance to talk with Mr. Seth. And it's just crazy how uh, things work out. You know, we met him at Fayetteville Comic Con. And I remember I had went up to him and asked him if we could interview him at the con. But Mm -hmm. it's just like he was so So busy. busy. It's just like it's like when he wasn't busy, we were interviewing people. And then when we weren't doing anything, he wasn't at the table. And I was happy to finally get the chance to see him again at, at Incredible Con and set up this interview. And he, he's an awesome guy. I'm, I'm, I mean, 
you know, I've heard stories about him over the years. I've watched videos on YouTube and whatnot. And like Sasquatch videos? Not Sasquatch videos, oh, okay. but Loch Ness uh, monster videos. And it's just like everybody just always has so much good stuff to say about him. You know, you go through the comments on videos and everybody just loves Joshua Seth. So thank you again, Mr. Seth, for joining us. And with that being said, Trav, let everybody in social media land where they can find you. Of course, as my boy Banks likes to know that I say, you can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm also on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K. Banks, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And D, where they going to find my main man at? As always, at Rebellious Double Underscore D23 at Instagram.com. And Banks, mm. they need a hero. And Sasquatch is out there prowling. Where can they find one? You can find me at Hero Benjamin Banks at King Benji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Thank you all again for listening to this brand new episode. Again, please make sure that you follow Mr. Seth on all of his social media accounts. We'll go to his link tree and they'll have all of the social media accounts up there. And then uh, make sure that you follow us at Leveling Up Banks. That is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have a YouTube. It is Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Please subscribe to that. Again, thank you for helping us get over to uh, 1,000 subscribers. And now we're almost at uh, 1,100 now. So that's pretty awesome. And uh, thank you to our patrons who donate to us because we really appreciate that because that helped put food on the table for the Great Turkey War because we are about to go to it and it is going to be <laughs> a crazy one this year. And if you're feeling generous and would love to donate to us, you can donate to our Patreon. It is at Leveling Up Bank. So with that being said, keep that pinky up, stay positive, keep on training so that way that you can survive the Great Turkey War. We'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Peace. <laughs>